pacifiers. Magda was opposed to pacifiers and wrote that popping a pacifier into a crying baby's mouth sends the message, I don't want to hear you. Stop crying. We've all seen a frustrated parent quickly thrust a pacifier into a sobbing baby's mouth without even looking at or speaking to the baby. This is surely an example of what Magda was writing about. But in the early weeks, before your baby has the control to get her fist or fingers to her mouth, offering a pacifier to suck on may help your baby to soothe. Try to slow down and first observe your baby to determine whether or not she really needs a pacifier. Understand that if you offer it to her, she will very quickly come to expect the pacifier and will have a hard time doing without it. It's astonishing to see how quickly babies become conditioned to certain interventions. Sometimes parents unintentionally create a need that wasn't really there to begin with. If you choose to offer a pacifier, it's very important that as soon as you see your baby push the pacifier out of her mouth when it's offered, you put it away. At that moment, let your baby's need to cry and desire to cry without the pacifier override your possible need for her crying to stop. When pacifiers are used insensitively and indiscriminately, they can harm the relationship between parent and baby because they send a message that the parent doesn't want to hear what the baby needs to express. Pacifiers also hinder a baby's ability to learn to self-calm. When a baby comes to rely on a pacifier instead of a thumb or finger or other means of self-soothing, it can be very difficult when that pacifier falls away from the non-mobile baby or out of the crib. Then, instead of relying on herself to soothe, the baby must rely on an adult to give her the soothing object. So, if you choose to use a pacifier, do so judiciously. Offer it, observe closely to see if it helps your baby to calm, and put it away as soon as she shows you that she is no longer interested by pushing it out with her tongue or turning away from it. Parent Ariane Groth said, When my son was an infant, around four weeks old, he had a pacifier with a small stuffed animal attached to the back. One day I heard him fussing and noticed that the pacifier had fallen out of his mouth. My initial reaction was to grab the pacifier and put it back in his mouth so that he would stop fussing, but he wasn't looking at me, and I had already recognized that when he really wanted help, he knew to look for a person, so I waited. To my amazement, he slowly worked the pacifier back up to his mouth with what ability he had, the tiny movements of his torso and head nudging the stuffed animal. I was reveling in this achievement when I watched him spit out the pacifier and start the whole process again. It was a game he was playing. If I had grabbed the pacifier and shoved it back into his mouth, I would have killed the game and his motivation. After this, I tried to always wait for his signal that he needed me before stepping in. It was definitely difficult at times, especially when he was fussing and my mother was there. But I would just relate this story and explain why I was waiting. Rhythm and routine and sleep. 
The first days and weeks at home with your newborn can seem like a fog. It's hard to imagine that life goes on outside the cocoon you're living in with your baby. Trust that as you develop a rhythm and routine, the fog will lift and you will begin to feel more yourself again. A large part of the adjustment to life with a newborn is learning to cope with interrupted sleep, so do your best to sleep when your baby sleeps. If you have a choice between returning a call and taking a nap, choose the nap. Take care of yourself by resting whenever you can. In the beginning, since your baby can't distinguish between night and day, you will have a 24-hour schedule. Your baby may sleep more hours during the day than at night. In the early days, it may be all you can do to make sure that your baby's basic needs are met and yours are too.